had in it, Father. Lord, I pray for this time together as we dive into your word, Father, as we continue on with this series, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way in this room. Father, I push aside my, all of me and increase in you, Father. You have my words, you have my, my lips, you have my heart, you have my ears, Father God. Father, I thank you that you're going to talk to us about things so personal but so real, Father. So, Lord, I pray right now that this message comes across the way you want it to, Father, but it will be delivered in a personal way because you are that big and that mighty. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say amen, amen and amen. Hey, uh, okay, I want to share a little vision, and this is a part of the series. We're in part four right now of the journey, but I want to share vision because last week we talked a little bit about, you know, doing things as a church journeying as a church, you know, and I'm talking about Resurrection Life Church. You know, one of the things that we believe here, actually it's really our statement here, is that Res Life Family exists to bridge the gap between people and Christ. And let me tell you something, we are bridge builders. Everyone say, I'm a bridge builder. That's right. You guys are bridge builders. And you know, and the reason why I say that is because I saw Jesus do that. I saw Jesus take two pieces of wood, three nails, and build a bridge between God and mankind. And I thought, man, God, if you're wanting me to reflect that, what are ways that we can become bridge builders as well, too? And so God has shown us, and my wife and I, through prayer of, of what, what we need to do just in corporate people, connect with people, and just really create this bridge so people can walk it and be introduced to their Heavenly Father. You know, the Bible says, uh, you know, many people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. What? Yeah, that's right. They simply don't know. They just simply don't know the good news. And so our mission here, our vision here is to find many ways with one truth and one gospel and one Lord and Savior, only living God, but find multiple ways to build bridges to introduce people to Christ. You know, Jesus, when he came to earth, he had the mission and I love it because he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's, that's the part in the movie where he's praying and it's dark, you know, and he's holding and he's sweating to God, you know, if you can take this cup of my, out of my hand, please take it, but your will be done. There's that part that's happening. But at that moment right there, he's getting ready to do what he needs to do. And I love it because he realized, I was called to this earth for this time right here. And that was to build this bridge. To build this bridge between God and mankind. And let me tell you something. You have the same garden of Gethsemane in your life. You just need to get to your knees. You need to say, God, okay, I'm not going to look at the hardships. I'm not going to look at the, how, how you know, impossible this may be. But I just want to do your will because I am called for this time at this place right now. The question is, what is it? I can't give you that answer. Only God can give you that answer. What God's going to do is he's going to continue to develop us as bridge builders so we can continue to bring people to Jesus Christ. So the vision for our church, I just really want to share this with you guys, is that we've created one bridge that's pretty solid right now, and that's with the Holland Rescue Mission. You know, the Holland Rescue Mission, you've heard me talk about it many times, but reality is that they are a Christ-centered organization that want to not just put shelter uh, over people and give them accountability, but they want to teach them the Word of God. 
God. They want to bring them to Christ so they could help them out. And so what, what is one way that we as, as a congregation can get involved? Well, we started this program about a year and a half ago called Corners of Your Field. Now, why are you saying this now? Because it's springtime right now. And during springtime, there's spring cleaning. I'll say that again because you guys are not excited. There's spring that's right. And so here's a way you can get involved with the vision of Resurrection Life Church. If you have something that's in your garb or garbage, no, 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 not garbage. Oh, that came out <laughs> wrong. Something in your garage. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Don't be pulling garbage out, guys, okay? If you have something in your garage, maybe your attic, maybe furniture, clothes in your closet, shoes, this is what I'm going to say. And you don't know what to do with it and you just want to get rid of it. Go to the Gateway Center, which is the Holland Rescue Mission on 24th Street and US 31. Go to the north side of the building. There is a donation center, okay? What you do is you bring that stuff to the donation center, and you this is the important part, okay? Everyone listen. You need to say, I'm from Resurrection Life Church Holland. And they say, okay, because they credit that to our account, and as they tally these points up, uh, as we continue to give, in return, we get these gift cards, these $20 gift cards, as they come in every quarter of the year. And we get to help families that are, are truly in need. Maybe they need some clothes. Maybe they need something for their kids or whatever it is. And we want to we return that back to our community. So it really goes full circle. And you're getting rid of your stuff at the same time. Spring cleaning. So let me remind you, as corners are field, when you donate, mention Resurrection Life Church, and they'll take care of it from there. And we've collected, I think so far, a total over the sessions, over $500 of gift cards. And we actually got to bless a couple of people already that just needed some jeans, you know. I'm trying to get a job. It's, it's, it's tough times. It's tough times is what they'll say. And it's like, do we have these cards? Yeah, give them a $20 card. All right, let's go. And they went, and they were able to buy some jeans and a shirt. Let me tell you something. There is purpose in what we're doing. So that's just one part of the vision that we are doing here. And really, it's our journey. And now we're going to go into the message now. And the big question for the journey is this. Why journey? You know, why, why do we journey? And the reason and the answer that God gave us is this. It's because of your growth. Look at your neighbor and say, you need to grow. Now look at your other neighbor and say, you need to grow. <laughs> You know, the, the reason why we journey in life is because God just simply wants us to grow in him. He wants us to not just grow in the natural side of things, but in our spiritual side, in our mindsets. You've ever been in a position where, you ever been in a position where um, you're like, man, I, I just can't get out of this, you know, mindset. I keep thinking about this or I keep going back to that. And God wants you to get to a position where you can take captive of that. Yeah, you know the promises, but when you put it into practice, it gets pretty difficult. I'm just being honest. It gets pretty difficult. And God's saying, continue to journey with me and get into my word, my presence, my worship. Watch me grow you. Because your growth is going to be beneficial for my kingdom, and it's going to be impactful for this earth. So the, last, the first three parts, we really talked about Christians becoming disciples, walking this journey out with Jesus. Then we talked about, let's embrace the fight. Everyone said, let's embrace the fight. Let's not run for it. Let, don't run from the fight. You know, something that God's giving me right now, if you read Ephesians chapter 6, you'll, you'll hear about the armor of God, right? You got, you got the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. I'm being tested now. The belt of truth, the gospel-fitted for the shoes, uh, the sword of the spirit, and the faith shield. Got it. Yes, I got it. 
And here, here, here's the deal. All of that armor, and I was taught this, all of that armor, what's one area that's not covered? And it's your back. Because God never intended you to retreat. And God created you, know, wanted you to know that he's got your back already. And so we have to have these, uh, uh, these things in us and instilled in us so we know we got to embrace these things. Yeah, these things are sicknesses rising up or this issue's coming up. No, I'm going to speak truth and life into it. Embrace the fight is what God wants you to do because you are here for the kingdom of God. You know, if you thought becoming a Christian and giving your life to Jesus was going to be all great, things are easy, eh, you got false information. That's all I'm saying right now because God is expecting you to do kingdom work because there is kingdom issues that need to be resolved here on this earth. And that's where he wants to take us. And then last week we talked about the detours, the details, and the dead ends of our lives. Maybe we face these certain roads, but we have to remember God's in the midst of all of that. Catch it all. If you miss any of that, catch it in rlchowan.com or our Facebook page. You'll see all those messages there too. But bottom line is this for part four. God wants us to journey with people. He wants us to journey with people. No, 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 and I'm speaking to myself at the same time, okay? Because a lot of times I just want to be alone. Let me just walk. Let me just journey with me and God. Let's whistle through life. There are, there are moments that we need to seclude ourselves. Jesus did that. But there are also moments in our lives where, where God wants us to do life with people. You see, there's a difference between uh, secluding yourself and isolating yourself. You see, God wants us to be in seclusion with him. But he does not want us to isolate ourselves from him and anybody else. And sometimes we can treat uh, or, or, or misrepresent it the wrong way because we're thinking, well, I'm just being holy, okay? And I don't, I, I, I'm not going to get into any of that. And I understand decision-making, yeah, that's true. But it doesn't mean you reject people or you reject all these, uh, you know, uh, people so you can be holy because holiness is not that, Really, that's a religion mindset of I'm holy, you're not. I'm a sheep, you're a goat. That is not true. That is not of God. There is judgment that would happen at the end. But for us, the one command that God told us to do was to, that's right, say it louder, was to, love. that's right. He said love. You know, when Jesus came to this earth, he came for people. He did. Now, he had a lot of moments with, with God himself, his father, but he came with people. He came knowing that this is about people. I remember my former pastor, he had said this, what's better than going to heaven? And I was thinking, what? He said, what's better than going to heaven? I said, mm, I don't know. He says, taking your family and friends with you. That's what's better than going to heaven. And I said, come on, man. And so it's one of those things where he was instilling in me, this whole earthly life is about people. And so now think about that person you're probably thinking about right now that you're trying to, you know, avoid tomorrow during the cookout, the family reunion. You're trying to, you're, yeah. God wants that person in your life because he wants to do something through you to reach them. Come on. This is, it's, it's, it's the weekend for it. Come on. The cookout. Don't be praying for rain so you don't see them. Don't, don't, don't do that. It's the first time I'm going to say that. Let's pray for sunshine. Let's pray for good weather. <laughs> Because God, God wants you to journey with people. Yeah, they ain't going to get it, but guess what? You don't get it sometimes either. And he's patient. He's, he's willing and he's ready just to pick you right back up. Why can't we do the same? 
God wants us to journey with people. When you look at the earthly life of Jesus, again, he didn't walk by himself. He didn't just declare, I am Lord and Savior by himself. He grabbed 12. He grabbed 12, I'll say that again. He grabbed a dozen guys, all parts. Occupation was fishermen. Occupation was tax collector. They're a family business that says, come follow me. Drop all you're doing. Come follow me. Because he needed to do life with people as well. And then you think about as the scriptures go on and the ascension happens and Jesus is already in heaven, the 12 started doing life with the multitude, with the multitude of people. They started doing life with them, and that's where the church was birthed. Because God never intended or, wanted or created us for us to do life alone. I mean, you look at the Old Testament. There was Adam and. He told Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. That's a, he's walking in the garden with God, and he still told him, it's not good for you to be alone, man. I need to create something for you. And that's where woman came. And that's why I say hallelujah. <laughs> Look at all the men. They're all cheesing right now. <laughs> that's right. Look at, if, if, you're, if your husband wife is here, look at them and say, that's right, baby. <laughs> but, but in the Old Testament, it was Adam and Eve, not Adam alone. It was Adam and Eve. It was Abraham and Lot that did. Not just, it was Abraham and his nephew Lot that did life together. It was Moses and Aaron that did life together. It was David and Jonathan that did life together. It was Esther and Mordecai that did life together. Now, we, we do see these main names, but read the scripture. You'll see people were involved the whole time. People were being used. I mean, we know the great miracles that, that Moses did with the staff, but let me tell you something. Aaron was there a lot. Aaron was there when his arms were getting weak, and he lifted him up. For that. You look at Esther, who had to face the king and try to save all of God's people and was so intimidated and scared. And Mordecai comes in and says, Esther, did you know you were created for a time as this right now? And gave her the courage to go to the king and tell him the truth. People is who we journey with. God intended for us to do that, and he wants us to do that even today. So excluding yourself from everything and everyone is not God's plan. Did you know we cannot be Resurrection Life Church without you guys? We can't. Marty and I here alone in an empty room is just an empty building. But with the people, with you guys, and those that you guys bring in, we become a body, we become a church. And the scriptures does show us that we all have different giftings, but we all, in Christ, come to one body. You know, you may be the ear, you may be the hand, you may be the nose, you may be the eye, but if, when we're separated, we're, we're useless, we do nothing. But when we're together, when we're together, we're one body and one spirit with one mission, and that's serve Jesus. Follow Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, Paul says this, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree with one another in what you say, and that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly united, okay, perfectly united in mind and thought. That word united is so powerful. 
It's powerful that we can see the power in it on earth if we allow the unity of God to be in us. You know, unity is really a part of God's plan. It's what he wants us to do. Jesus himself was in unity with the Father in everything he said and everything he did. Because unity is a strong, strong force. You know, I, I was thinking about this the other day, and I, I really got this image of um, people that are not in unity but think they're right. Okay? Don't, 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 don't elbow each other, okay? <laughs> but what happens is this. You know, there's unity of, of, of the earth and there's unity of God, okay? And sometimes we can misunderstand what true unity is and what God created to be. You see, I, I saw this tug of war happening between two people. Let's say husband and wife. Let's just call it out, okay? Husband and wife. No, this is the best way to do it. Okay, wife. No, this is the best way to do it, right? <laughs> it's not intended towards my wife. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> There'd be some issues if your wife was, no, this is how you do it. Yeah, yeah, right. Now, now I'm right, okay? Now I'm right. Now you get me, okay? But I see this, I see this tug of war. It's hot in here again, man. <laughs> I see this tug of war happening, you know, between two people. And, and you, you, you really believe on this side that this is the right thing to do and what we need to do because it's forgotten the kingdom of God. And, you know, you look at this person, no, no, I know this is the right thing to do. And, and so it's because it's forgotten. And you, this tug of war is happening, okay, of back and forth. Both believe that it's a God thing. Who's right? Who's wrong? And I said, man, that's really in a sense of division and so what the purpose of this person saying, well, if they just come over here, they're in unity with me. And that's what God wants. And this person saying the same thing. If they come over here, they're in unity with God. But reality is this. Unity is not this person coming here or this person coming here. True biblical unity is this person and this person saying to each other, what does God say? Let's do it his way. Let's do what he wants us to do. And when you come to that agreement right there, or maybe you just don't see it, but you know his way is the right way, you come to biblical unity. You come to true unity. Jesus was in agreement with his heavenly father, even when the disciples weren't. And what happened was the disciples saw Jesus and the heavenly father come together and a miracle happened. And they said, you know what? I'm on that side too. I'm going to do exactly what Jesus is doing. When we allow this perfect triangle in a sense between two, three, four, five people coming in unity with Jesus, true biblical unity happens. You see it through the entire Bible. If you read the scriptures very carefully, you'll see everything that Jesus is telling us through his word, everything that the Heavenly Father is telling us through his word, okay, he's talking about have each other's back. Be together. Stay in unity together. And I'm not going to even read the scriptures that actually say that. I'm going to read some other scriptures. I'll give you reference scriptures. So get ready to jot them down. Okay, so you can look at them later. But here's what the Bible says. 1 John 1, 7 tells us to walk in the light and fellowship with one another. Is that not journeying with people? Is that not trying to figure, uh, find each other and get to know each other so we can come into an agreement and unity? And maybe it's just simply as, hey, we believe in Jesus Christ. We know the Spirit of God can take us. 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, be patient with one another. That's journeying together. Okay, uh, uh, Colossians 3, 13 tells us, forgive one another. But you don't understand what he did to me. You don't understand what, I get it, not justifying any of that, but you want unity and healing to happen in your life, follow God's command. Follow his way. 
Because then you're, what you're doing is just a tug of war. Okay? Uh, Galatians chapter, two, ver, uh, chapter 6, verse 2. Carry each other's burdens. Help each other out. You know, like I said earlier, Moses is getting weak with his arms as he's lifting the staff and war's happening. But Aaron and Ur come in and they help lift this heavy thing that Moses is carrying. And therefore, victory comes. James chapter 5, verse 60 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. You know, we confess our sins to God, but if you want to find freedom here on earth, confess your sins to each other. Not coming in judgment when we listen to these things, but finding help and healing to walk a process out with them. I mean, there are so many testimonies right now where people fell. They fell hard because they, 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 they submitted to sin and didn't know how to get out, had no way, and decide, I'm going to confess it to someone that I believe could help me, that is God-fearing, and went to that person, and restoration came. Restoration came. Now, imagine that person not, not doing that, and just, okay, God, forgive me. And they are forgiven, but living in a life of isolation. God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to journey life together. And in Matthew, I love this one, Matthew 18.20, okay, where it tells us, where two or three gather in my name, there I am. When two or three gather, come on, unity, two or three gather in my name, I'm there. Have you ever prayed with somebody? Have you ever prayed with someone and just legitimately there was a prayer need, you grabbed their hands and said, let's just pray. One, two. Guess who else was there? Three. God was there. God is there. And not the fact that he's there and not there, but the fact that you're saying you're involved in this now. You're involved in it. You know, Wednesday nights we come together and, and we're, we're a bunch of us there and we see God in the midst of what he's doing through our circumstances, through our storms. God is moving. We're two, we're two or three gathered, God, Jesus says. In my name, there I am. Am. Biblical unity is a spiritual force that illuminates Jesus Christ on earth. It illuminates him. You have no choice but to shine the light of Jesus because of what is in you. You know, for instance, my wife and I, we have these children that come and try to conquer and divide us every single day. They really do. And they're really good at it. And sometimes I'm like, no, but mom said yes. Hold on. Did you say yes? Yes, I did. Yes, that's what I meant, okay? Because <laughs> I, 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 it could be, I just want a brownie, I don't know, or a cookie, I, I don't know. But they're just really naturally good at it. But here's the deal, our unity, when there are serious situations in our family, and we have to make a decision, they know they cannot divide mom and dad. Maybe you had that parent, maybe you are those parents. <laughs> I love that laugh. <laughs> You know, it, 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 it's a spiritual force that, that illuminates Jesus because ultimately we just want our kids to serve Jesus when we have to let them go, when we have to let them launch and do what God called them to do, and they have to practice the same thing that we are practicing. God wants us to simply unite with one another in him. That's the key, in him. That means his ways, the way he wants to do it. And the reason why, this is where we're going with it, okay? The reason why he wants us to be in such unity in him and on earth is because he says you simply need to be an influence to this earth. You simply need to influence people. 
And if you're in a belief right now that you say, well, I'm not very uh, influential, I don't influence people that well, you're missing it then. Because God has called you and equipped you, if you follow it his way, to influence people. There is someone in your life you're supposed to influence. Paul had Timothy. Timothy had Paul. Okay? People have someone that's over them, under them, and with them. And one way or another, you have the power to influence. They have the power to influence you as well, too, because there is power in influence. Jesus taught it this way. He says, he actually illustrated as salt and light. And he says in Matthew chapter 5, uh, 13 through 16, Jesus himself said this, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it lost its flavor? Have you ever thought about that for a second? What good is salt, Jesus says, if it lost its flavor? What good is it if it's not even doing what it's supposed to be doing? We can turn it this way. You are supposed to be influential, but if you don't have the influence in you, then what good are you doing right now? And then I love it where he says, can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. God's saying, you need to be salty. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, you salty, man. (laughs) (laughs) I say that in a joking way, but reality is this. Salt was created to be salty, okay? You were created to be influential for the kingdom. That's what God created you to do. So you not being influential for him on earth is like a salt not having its saltiness. And God said, I want you to be salty. It's the only time we can say that, okay? Be salty, all right? And he continues on, and he says in verse 14, Jesus says this, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, in the same way, Jesus says, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Did you notice he uses light and says that's going to illuminate and be influential to an entire room. He says, I'm gonna, it's going to be put on a stand. That's what it's intended for. It's not supposed to be hidden, but it's supposed to be up. Did you notice salt, light, following the way Jesus tells us, the result and the goal is to bring praise to him. To bring praise to him, not to yourself. Not to say I pat myself on the back because I did a good job and I did a good deed. No, those good deeds, those influential moments that you do. I'm thinking of mothers right now. Moms, listen to me really closely. Adult kids, little kids, you know, whatever kids, kids are kids, you know. Here's the deal. You are influential. You need to continue that in your children's life. Yes, seasons change, seasons come, seasons go, but at the end of the day, God has called you to be salty in their life. God has called you to be a light in their life. You continue that no matter what it looks like, no matter what they say. You continue that. Because God says you need to be an impact. You need to be an influencer here on earth. You know, influence simply is this. Influence is the ability of a person to compel others to think, feel, and behave in a specific manner. In other words, it affects our conduct. It affects the way we think. It affects our character. I I think of kids. I remember being a kid myself, wanting to be a certain football player. And then when I played in in, in the schoolyard and we're playing football, I was that person. I was that person. 
because I was so influential, influenced by that person that I was going to be him. And I felt like I was doing things, but most likely I wasn't. And so here's the deal. God wants us to be that in people's lives, but not for us, but for us, to, for them to see him in us. And when they see him in us, that's where the impact happens. We need to be influential to this world. In the, New Testament, in the New Testament, you saw Jesus do that countless times. You know, as a grown man now, there are many men in my life that continue to be an influence in my life. And this is where influence leads to, by the way. It leads to inspiration. And inspiration, being inspired, leads to action. Two years ago, I was uh, at a, an event with my family. And it was the, before the event started, um, it, was, uh, it was like a flag football deal, just a family event. Um, there, was, there was a cookout, so you can eat, and there are all these tables out. And I remember uh, walking with my family and just looking for a table to sit down, and we found this one table, and we sat down, but there was quite a few other people on there. And so, you know, you just start talking, hey, my, well, my wife did. I was just sitting there eating my food, <laughs> minding my business. <laughs> no, but my wife just, hey, my name is Marty, what's your name? This is my husband, Jesse, you know, and that whole deal was happening. And, you know, an older couple, and as we were talking, one of the gentlemen that was sitting next to his wife said, hey, did you know next week we're celebrating our 50th anniversary? And I said, wow, that's amazing. That little phrase, that little sentence, a little conversation he had with me inspired me to kind of sit closer to him and say, oh, hey, what's the secret? I, you know, I, I would love to be you one day with my wife. I want to celebrate 50 years as well. Inspiration started happening. And this is what he said to me. It took me a second to kind of grasp it. He says, if there is one thing, one thing I could say is nevertheless. Nevertheless? I don't know. What does that mean? He says, despite the differences you face with your, with your, with your spouse, my, my wife, he says, nevertheless, I will always love you. Talk about an impact. At that moment, our disagreements, I would remember nevertheless. I will continue to commit. I will continue to love you. That's what I told my wife. One little conversation. I spent 15 minutes. Inspiration was birthed. Now action is applied. Stay close to God-fearing people. Stay close to God-fearing people because they will inspire you to be better on earth, to do better for God's kingdom, to just continue to grow in God. It's a journey in life because influence, like I said, leads to life changes. It leads to, to you know, your, it changes your thought life. It changes your, your habits. It changes maybe behaviors. It changes all, all your dreams because you simply just want to give it to Jesus now. You simply just want to give it to Jesus. It's because of influence. Jesus left his mark on earth. He left his mark, and he, le he left the mark on the 12. The 12 left it in a multitude. The multitude is continuing going today. It's the church. It's what we're doing today. This is just a continuum of what Jesus did over 2,000 years ago because he made an impact. He influenced the world. He changed this world because he knew there is an eternal aspect. The question is this. Who has God put in your journey that you can influence? Who has God put in your path? Is it little kids? Is it adults? Is it coworkers? Is it your boss? Is it your parents? Who is it? Because God wants you to make an impact. And I'm believing within this week, you will encounter that person and God's gonna use you for something. 
I don't know what it is, but he's going to use you for something. Let's go to close our eyes and bow our head for a second. Journey with people. That's our love and journey with them. That's what he wants us to do to grow his family. Did you know the first step to grow the family of God is to, to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says? It says that when you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you'll be saved from eternal separation from him, that you will always be a child of God, heaven bound. And I said it earlier, if you have that already, I said this earlier, what's better than going to heaven? Taking your family and friends with you. Here's the start. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus in a way that you didn't realize I need him as Lord and Savior in my life. This is your opportunity. So on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up because I simply just want to lead you in a prayer, okay? You're saying, I need Jesus in my life. I want to start taking this journey. I want to change my habits, my ways, everything, but I want God to start in my heart first. On the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up. One, two, three, shoot your hand up. All right. Amazing. 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 You guys can put your hands down. All of you guys. This is your time. Even though the world won't change, even though problems are probably going to still be there, the one thing that will is your heart. And you got to allow him to work from here on out. I want you, if you raise your hand, put your hand over your heart. Okay? We're going to do this, actually, all of us, let's all put our hands over our heart. We're going to do this as a church family. We're going to help usher these people across the bridge and introduce them to a living, real God who says, I want to be their dad. Repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I ask for your help, for your mercy, for your forgiveness. I love you, Lord Jesus. Put your Holy Spirit in me. Make me brand new. I love you, Lord. Lead my life forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you made the decision this morning, we would like to connect with you. Uh, within your bulletin,